And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the main card with your man, The Voice, as always. Let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Anderson the Spider Silva. Just under a year ago, put out posts on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter saying, this is not the end for me. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm not a cheat. And turns out, at least in this situation, he wasn't. He took some uh, vitamins and those vitamins had trace amounts of banned substances. USADA went and got the same kinds of vitamins and same kinds of things from the same places. And sure enough, they found those things in there as well. So since he already had one positive drug suspension for his blue uh, tie juice, he got a year suspension in this case, whereas others there in Brazil who also ran afoul, uh, people such as Junior Dos Santos uh, specifically, only got about six months, uh, same kinds of situations. The uh, places where they got their vitamins from, they had contaminants in it. So uh, know what you're putting in your body fighters. Uh, do your best to get them from a source where... You won't get in these kinds of issues, but fortunately for the spider and for the UFC, he will be eligible to fight November 10th, 2018. Guess what takes place November 10th, 2018? The 25th anniversary card in Denver, Colorado. Could he show up there? It's a possibility. Well, what happens later on in the month? Seven days later, there is a fight night scheduled for somewhere in South America. What greater star could you get to be on a card like that in a brand new territory in South America than the beloved son of Brazil, Anderson the Spider Silva? Anyway, things are working out quite nicely for the UFC with this as they need star power, especially going into the final quarter of the year. Now, they're really, really trying, they being the UFC, are trying to get things set up for their card at American Airlines Arena on September 8th. They're in Dallas, Texas. Uh, they announced a number of fights, and that card is really stacking up nicely, very, very nicely, including one title fight for the women's flyweight title. That's right. They got the deal done. You got Shevchenko taking on Nico Montano for that title. Then you got a lot of action at uh, Strawway 2 on that card, you got Andrade taking on uh, Cool Carolina Kovacavich. 
I mean, there are so many different fights on that card. I, I want to say that Aljamain Sterling is on that card. Um, I mean, just some good fights. Oh, yeah. Zabit Megamir Sharapov and Yair Rodriguez on that card. So, like I said, that card is shaping up really, really nicely. And what they want to be the headlining affair for it was Woodley and Covington. But Covington said, hey, I need to have some surgery. Not going to do it. So what does the UFC do? They do what they do. And they say, well, if you're not going to fight, we're going to strip you of the interim title. And let's get Till in there to fight. Uh, Based on Till and his camp, they have received the contract, signed and sent it back to the UFC. Then took to Twitter and got a <laughs> a bit of a fight triangle going on between Woodley Covington and Till. And Till was like, hey, I signed it. Let's get it done. And Woodley was like, um, last I knew I was fighting Covington. What what are you what are you talking about? He's like, No, I um uh, uh Covington's hurt. I'm fighting you now. I was like, This is news to me and this is crazy. I don't know anything about it. So Woodley's saying that he and his side are unaware of this contract. Till and his side are saying they've got it, they've signed off on it, and they're just waiting for uh, Woodley. Who knows what's happening and what's going on? I know I saw online recently Woodley training and hitting and hitting with a right hand and saying he's back and is back, so... Uh, and Woodley is the one who said he wanted to fight in September. So, I mean, knowing Woodley, he's going to get the deal done. He may be playing some games, uh, using some gamesmanship to rile the people up and or get into Till's head. But if the contract comes across his desk, uh, they're saying that Woodley has turned it down. I don't know that he has done that or not. I mean, Till is the number one contender outside of Covington. And about the only way that they would do that is by stripping Covington. But I don't know. The heat between Covington and Woodley is really where the fight needs to go. Or that that is the fight to make for Woodley because that's real. And he has been preparing for that fight and really wants to fight Covington is going to be too late in the year, uh, then, you know, who knows? But things are definitely, definitely getting hot in the welterweight division. And not just in the UFC, not just in the UFC, but also in Bellator. But one last UFC bit of information, and then we'll talk about how things are heating up in Bellator with the welterweight division. M1. That's right. The organization that kept Fedor from fighting in the UFC now has a working relationship with the UFC. Vadim Ninkoff, who I remember Dana White calling him Vadum or Vadummy, something to that nature. Yeah, he's working with the UFC now and uh, they're going to put on fights uh, branded by the UFC. And this was stated via a Twitter post as well as uh, Bloomberg.com. Now, the UFC has not confirmed any of this, 
But if things work the way that M1 has at least put out, and according to what has been posted on Blumberg.com, M1 champions get a contract with the UFC. Again, this is just like mind-blowing to me because five years ago, 10 years ago, you would never see the UFC coordinating with anyone. And it still seems anti-UFC to me, so we'll have to let the uh, story continue to progress and get more information until we get an official statement from the UFC. Uh, Nothing is official, but everything is looking like that's going to happen. What's really funny to me is that uh, EFN used to be on Fight Pass, and EFN is also very, very big in Russia. Well, when they said they were going to start doing some cards in the UFC, I mean, in the United States, then you didn't see EFN on Fight Pass anymore. And now they're working with M1 Global? Really? <sighs> Crazy times. Okay, now, time to talk some Bellator. As I said, the welterweight division is heating up, and Bellator announced the fighters that will participate in the welterweight Grand Prix, including the champion, Rory McDonald. You've got the first fight that's been made for it, which will take place on September 29th on the first card on the zone is a rubber match between former champions Douglas Lima and Andre Kreshkov. Oh, man. If you have not listened to Aftermath yet, we talk about this a little bit there, as well as if you're looking for PFL coverage, please go check out Aftermath, which is the sister podcast to the main card. Aftermath covers the week that was in MMA, where the main card gives you all of the breaking news as well as the fights that are coming up. Anyway, these fighters will be fighting on the zone. You also have, and there are 10 fighters that have been named. Two fighters will fight um, for a chance to get into the eight-man pool. Uh, who that's going to be, we don't know. But here are the rest of the fighters. You got Lorenz Larkin, Michael Venom Page, John Fitch, Neiman Gracie. That's right. You got a Gracie in there at 8-0. Undefeated Ed Ruth and surging Arslav Amasov, who is 20-0 and 1-0. and in Bellator. Rounding things out, a person who just signed their contract, who's had a fairly acrimonious relationship with Bellator, but has signed on the dotted line a multi year, multi fight deal, Paul Simtex Daily. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. You think the heavyweight Grand Prix was something to behold. Just wait until you see the welterweight Grand Prix. So many matchups, so many different outcomes, and you have the champion involved in this too? 
Oh my goodness, I, I can't wait to see how that plays out. Will he be fighting for his belt each time? Will the winner of the Grand Prix have to then come back and fight him at the end? Who knows? But this is so exciting. Some other exciting news that came about this week for Bellator is that one, we got a figure finally for the zone in the U.S. And they had to put it out because they've got some fights coming up on the boxing end pretty soon. And people need to know how much it's going to be and whether or not it's something they want to invest in. The zone did their homework and they came in at a nice price point. $9.99. I can deal with that. Fight fans, we can deal with that. $9.99, you get these uh, seven Bellator cards. You're able to see the cards that are overseas before um, they put it on Paramount. So you're able to see it real time, which is wonderful. And you get match room boxing as well as the world boxing series. Oh man. Yeah. So great, great news with that. Um, something else, which we'll talk about in the old one too, is a little bit more of the boxing and some of the fights that have been already put together for their launch in September. One other fight that got made for Bellator this week was the second semifinal for the heavyweight Grand Prix. So you got Fedor taking on Chael Sonnen on October 13th. If that day sounds kind of familiar, it's because last week or so I announced that Matt Mitrion and Ryan Bader will be fighting on the 12th. Now, Newsday.com first reported this. Bellator has not made it official yet, but expect to see something coming out soon regarding that. Uh, That'd be interesting to have both of those fights taking place back to back, really looking to dominate the weekend with fights. That's a time where college football is hot and heavy as well. So they will have to fight, no pun intended, against that for viewership. But hey, if you're going to take on football and college football, having two huge fights like this doesn't hurt. Time for the old one, too. The most notable fight to take place this month in boxing was Manny Pacquiao and Lucas Matisse. That fight took place last week on ESPN Plus, and Pacquiao seemingly turned back the hands of time, dropping Matisse three times, the third and final time being in round seven to win the fight. Teddy Atlas really said it best in some of the interviews that he provided right after the fight. He was giving some commentary on ESPN. He said, anyone can look good when the other person isn't fighting back. And that's what happened. I don't know 
what was going on with Matisse. It's not like he hasn't been around a while. It's not like he hasn't fought major fights in the past. But he just really didn't look like he wanted to be in there. First knockdown, okay, gotcha. That was clean. Second knockdown, he got hit, but he took a knee, and the punch that he got hit with, it didn't seem as if it was enough to cause him to take a knee, but I'm not in there. I'm not taking the punches, you know, so I can't say. But it just, it didn't seem like it was that hard of a strike. Uh, maybe it was accumulation of punishment. Don't know. Third knockdown, yeah, clean knockdown. Uh, knocked him off of his feet. I mean, literally kind of jumped up in the air and fell. But looking at him on the ground, you could see that he had his wits about him. He just didn't want to fight anymore. So for all of the Pac-Man lovers, and I know the Philippines was going crazy over this scene, their senator, their native son, their beloved Manny Pacquiao stopped somebody for the first time in about a decade. You have to take into consideration who he was fighting against and Again, anyone can look good when whoever it is they're fighting isn't fighting back. Now, I tease this in headlines and hot takes. DAZN had another press conference this week, and they did it to announce the $9.99 price point for DAZN in the U.S., and they brought out a lot of their promoters and their fighters to show what you would be getting for your $10 a month. The fight that was being rumored has been confirmed. My man, that's right, Nigel stand up. Anthony A.J. Joshua will be fighting Alexander Povetkin. We already knew that. We figured it'd be on the zone. It's definitely going to be on the zone. And that's going to take place on September 20. Second, oh, that's going to be real nice. That following week will be Bellator's uh, premiere card on the zone. But make no mistakes, Joshua had some interviews out there on social media, on YouTube. Got a chance to look at some of them. And Joshua has other fighters in mind after this Povetkin fight. He said, oh, I already booked Wembley. I already booked Wembley for Wilder. We're going to fight. That's going to be phenomenal. More than likely, that's going to be on the zone. And at the fight, or I should say at the press conference, one of the fighters that has been signed by Matchroom Boxing is Jarrell Big Baby Miller. So he was there and he decided, since I'm here, let me make some noise. And he got under the skin of Joshua by saying that he wanted to take his mother out on a date. Joshua was so upset and mad, he couldn't even really answer the other questions that the interviewer was posing to him. Then uh, Big Baby start chirping at some other point. He was like, look, you can talk, you know, all you want to talk. You're nobody. And yeah, just take your B-level self on over somewhere because... I'll mess you up and don't let me catch you outside. Uh, that's what he was saying uh, right after. It's like the interview asked 
Joshua was like, well, how do you feel about Big Baby saying that? I feel he needs to come see me. <laughs> I need. I feel he needs to come say it to my face. Yeah, that that's that's what's up. He letting him know, look, you crossed the line and let me catch you slipping or let me catch you in the streets and I'll show you about how you need to watch your mouth when it comes to the champ. So looking forward to those things, you know, definitely bring some heat and uh, come September, which your first month of the zone is free. So come September, be ponying up for that myself. And looks like fight pass because something's got to go. I can't subscribe to everything. So it looks like fight pass is going to have to go um, starting next year. So a fight pass, uh, you've been good to me, but the zone, yeah, you're coming home. The Octagon is landing in Deutschland this weekend as UFC Hamburg takes place on a Sunday morning. That's right. One of those breakfast with the UFC cards uh, with the undercard starting definitely in the morning. And then depending on your time zone, the main card will be starting possibly in the morning. That main card. Depend, uh, or I should say, based on what Daniel Cormier has been saying, could have some title implications as the main event between Mauricio Shogun Hua and Anthony Smith will be contested at light heavyweight. DC has said, hey, look, Shogun is on a three-fight winning streak, which he is, and a victory over Smith from a statistical standpoint from a record standpoint would definitely make Shogun the number one contender. Could I see DC trying to cut down to 205 to fight Shogun and get a nice payday under his belt, defend the 205 belt and further establish himself as one of the greatest to ever do it? Absolutely. Because that's one thing Conor McGregor cannot say. Has he held two belts at one time? Absolutely. Has he defended a single belt? No, he hasn't. And that's something that could definitely raise DC's profile. Would he do it if Anthony the Lionheart Smith were to win? No, not at all. Lionheart is already coming off the biggest win of his career when he knocked out his idol in Rashad Evans, who will be calling the fight. Uh, he'll be on the desk for this fight in Hamburg. Uh, they're in L.A. for Fox, but that's something else. I digress. Would he be coming down for Anthony Smith? No. Uh, would Anthony Smith's two-fight winning streak put him in position to fight for the belt? No, it wouldn't. Uh, but taking out two legends definitely raises his profile in the light heavyweight division and would put him in contender status. Now, another fight that's taking place in the light heavyweight division is a co-main event. And that's between Corey Overtime Anderson and Glover Teixeira. 
This is Glover's first fight in 2018. He has been trading wins and losses for about two years now, and he looks to break the cycle with this fight because the last fight he won, he should be losing this one. So if he is to win it, he'd be starting the first win streak that he's had in quite some time. Overtime, he broke his losing streak uh, where he lost two fights in a row. And people really don't think he lost a fight to Anderson uh, in the first place, but that's neither here nor there. It's an L on his record. Second fight was definitely an L. Um, but he's looking to build on a new winning streak that he broke this past April with a dominant, dominant performance over Patrick Durkin Cummins. Both Shogun, uh, not Shogun, both Corey Anderson and Glover Teixeira have power. But Glover is much more consistent with his power, stopping three of the last four of his opponents. The third fight on the card pits Abu the Gladiator, Azatar. Yeah, probably just massacred that. Uh, Please uh, don't massacre me, Mr. Gladiator. Anyway. He'll be fighting Vitor Lex Luthor Miranda. The once beaten gladiator will be making his UFC debut. He's got experience on uh, some of the more notable organizations, uh, cards, uh, people like the WSOF, which is now the PFL, and then regionally in Europe, with ACB and KSW. Lex Luthor, on the other hand, yeah, he hasn't won a fight in two years and is in desperate need of a win. With 16 KOs between the both of them, yeah, should be some fireworks in this fight. This is a five-card, no, I'm sorry, six-fight-card main card, and... You got the heavyweights fighting on this card. Stephen the Skyscraper, Struve, and Martin Tiber Tibura. Both of these combatants lost their last two fights. And whoever does not get their hand raised could be out of the big show after this fight takes place. Martin, he stopped 13 of the 16 people that he's beat. And Skyscraper, he stopped 25 of the 28 people that he's beat. They both have skills standing as well as on the ground, though Skyscraper definitely has the advantage in the submission realm. How this turns out, we won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. The Voices marquee matchup for UFC Hamburg pits Mark the Bone Crusher, Jacasey, and Nazrat Hopperstrat. Something to that effect, yeah. Uh, yeah, pray for your man, the Voices, with these pronunciations. I hate massacring people's names. But anyway, I digress. This time last year, 
Bone Crusher was undefeated. Now he's got a two-fight losing streak. Just like the pro debut for Nasser, he lost his UFC debut. So his last fight was his first fight in the UFC. He lost. Uh, Nazrat's first fight ever, he lost. But between those bookends, he's had eight knockouts. All of his fights have ended in knockout that he's won. Most of Bone Crush's wins have also been by KO. So expect the fireworks because Bone Crusher is looking to win. Nazrat needs a win. And when you have both of those forces who are in desperate need of a explosive showing, something that's going to help with putting their name back in the mix at the very crowded, very stacked, lightweight division, yeah, has all the makings for the Voices Marquee matchup. The curtain jerker for this card pits Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts versus David Sagat Zawada. Sagat got a late call up just Saturday of last week. And he's looking to make the most out of this opportunity in front of his fellow Germans. Just like Glover Teixeira, Hot Chocolate's been trading wins and losses for the past two years, too. And he's also looking for back-to-back wins for the first time in that time frame. All right, up next, got Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series 14. All right, Fight Fans, this summer, just like last summer, has been amazing because of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. The 14th episode in this series will be this upcoming Tuesday. And we'll look at this from top to bottom, or I should say bottom to top, in order of fights. First fight of the night, you got Chase, the teenage dream hopper. That's right. Kid is 18 years old, taking on Kanan Kahawai. Both of these fighters are 4-0. Both of them have three submissions and one KO in those four victories. Uh, this should take place at lightweight and should be a real nice fight to open up the card. Next fight is Jeff Lights Out Hughes, who's 9-1, taking on Josh, the juggernaut, Applet, who's 15-6. This will be contested at heavyweight. Applet is an anomaly. He's a heavyweight. He trains at Team Alpha Male, which is known for developing fighters that are of the lighter weight classes. So that's really interesting. But what's a bit more interesting is Jeff Lights Out Hughes's nickname. His moniker is extremely deceiving because the vast majority of his wins are by decision. So I'm hoping he doesn't put people's lights out by putting them to sleep because they're bored of the fights. Uh, at heavyweight, and especially in the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, if you're not bringing the action, 
you're not even in contract consideration. So if he's looking to go out there and decision his way to a victory, nice way to get some exposure, nice way to get a win, not the way to get a contract. The next fight on the card, you got six and one Sadiq Super Yusuf who trains out of Team Lloyd Irving, taking on the undefeated Mike Beast Boy Davis. All of Beast Boy's wins are by KO. Four out of six of Super Yusuf's wins are by KO. So, yeah, you know that they are going to bring the thunder. Next fight up, which is the next or last fight you have, 7 and 0 undefeated Jimmy the Brute Crute taking on 7 and 3 Chris the Big Buck Birchler. This will be contested at 205 pounds and the Big Buck has his name as such because he's a big boy. He's fought at heavyweight. Fought the likes of Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum Zhu Anyanwu. So he's been in there with some big boys and he's looking to bring that size advantage into his fight with the undefeated Crute. This will be Crute's first time fighting outside of Australia, which is where he lives. So it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with the time change. Shouldn't be much to deal with as far as the crowd is concerned because of the intimate space that the Tuesday Night Contender Series takes place in, but definitely, definitely on the biggest stage that he's been on with Dana White and Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard looking on, scrutinizing everything to see, are you UFC ready? The featured fight of the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, episode 14, is one of the most talked about fights that has been signed to this series. Before it happened this year, there were a couple people to look out for, a couple people whose names jumped off the page, one of which fought already, fought on the first card, which is Greg Hardy, who's coming back to fight on the last card. Second person, or I should say another person, was Antonia Shevchenko, who won recently and punched her ticket to the UFC. The other is congenital amputee Nick Newell. He will be in the featured fight, taking on undefeated Alex Munoz. This will be contested at lightweight. Munoz is 4-0. He's got two KOs and one submission. And because of that, he's probably going to look to keep things standing. Newell is known for his submission game. He's 14 and one. And I want to say at least nine of those 14 wins have come by submission. His rear naked choke. Yeah, is nothing to play with. Nothing to be trifled with. Nick Newell's only loss in his professional career came under the WSOF banner and that was to Justin the highlight Gagey and you know Gagey is no joke Gagey was undefeated before coming to the UFC and helped to establish himself 
in the WSOF. And again, the only fight he's ever lost has been to Gagey. So to me, it seems like a mismatch because of the level of experience. Nick Newell, again, has fought four championships. Alex Munoz is going into his fifth fight. Nick Newell has been on television on uh, on NBC, not just NBCSN, but NBC. Alex Munoz is going into his fourth fight. I mean, his fifth fight. Yeah, so to me, it seems like a mismatch, but hopefully it's a mismatch in Newell's favor as Dana has been hesitant to bring him in. But with a decisive victory, he will not be able to keep Nick Newell out of the UFC. To keep up with all things Trackstar Sports, make sure you like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. New content gets released all the time on anchor.fm. And if you're an Android user, one of the easiest ways to hear Trackstar Sports as well as all of your favorite podcasts is by downloading Podcast Republic. Once you're there, subscribe to Trackstar Sports and new episodes will be ready for your listening pleasure whenever they get released. For my iOS users, do the same thing through Apple Podcast. You can also join the Debate Fuel Facebook group and talk to your man, The Voice, as well as all of your other favorite Trackstar Sports correspondents. We are talking about sports all the time. You can get it in with Miles Austin and Harden the Paint or J-Jock, uh, who is uh, doing a fantastic job with Hawks on the Hardwood. If you're a WWE fan, you can chop it up with Damo and Jake Hills there, our uh, host of the Outsider's Edge. Uh, baseball, you can talk to the Out of the Pen guys. You can talk to Nate uh, with the Bronx Bombers podcast. I mean, you name it, the new stars, you can talk to them there. You can chop it up with my man Rick. You can chop it up with the host of Debate Fuel, which Season three should be starting very, very soon. You can chop it up with everybody uh, in the field. Tay and Conrad and Mo and just everybody. Uh, Will Smith with his uh, Red and Bow, Red and Bow. That's right. Will Smith with Red and Bow. Philly Strong with Aaron Simpkins. You name it, it's there for your listening pleasure and all of those people are in the debate fuel facebook group talking sports all day long so you can chop it up with us there as well as all the other outlets that i just shared with you until next time it's your man the voice host of the track star sports main card and i'm sounding off Fight, 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 fight.